0: It's the Paddlewoo Podcast. Hey there, Paddlewoo fans. Thank you for checking out and tuning in to the Paddlewoo Podcast. Today is July 4th. So happy 4th of July to all you folks in the United States. Uh, I just got done with the surf. It was super fun. A uh, little south swell showing up, a little bit head high, offshore winds. Uh, and yesterday I had a magic surf. It was one of those perfect days for the stand up. Uh, Peaks coming in a couple feet overhead. Real long rights had a had a bunch of good waves. So we've got a happy host today. Today is a departure from what we normally do on the show because it's the Fourth of July weekend. We don't have a guest, but I didn't want to leave you guys hanging for the week, so I figured that I would hop on, do some fan questions. And then also um, I was on the SUP FM podcast as uh, as a guest last week. And they asked a couple questions that their audience is different than the Paddlewoo audience. Their audience at the SUPFM podcast is more global stand-up. So a lot of flat water, a lot of folks just getting into the sport, and on the paddlewoo podcast here we have we're dedicated to high performance stand-up paddle surfing. And so I assume, maybe naively here, but I assume that the majority of folks listening to our podcast are ardent surfers, folks who have spent a lot of time in the water who have been surfing for years and are now progressing rapidly through the sport of stand-up. But I know that there are also some folks who are probably just getting into the sport. And some of the questions that, and topics that we talked about on the FM podcast had pertained to rules of surfing, some beginner items, and I thought that, you know, maybe we should cover some of that here too because it is helpful to know the rules of surfing and how to approach lineups. And so we're going to do a bit of that today. So, uh, thanks for tuning in. I hope that you enjoy the show. Please keep the questions coming; they are helpful, and we'll start. We've actually got a pretty cool set of guests. I don't want to do any spoilers here, but we have some pretty cool guests coming over the next uh, three, four weeks. So, stay tuned for that. Um, today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Zone Sup. Bluezonesup.com. Blue Zone Sup is an all-inclusive stand-up paddle surfing retreat set in beautiful Costa Rica, where I live. Um, come on down and learn how to surf from me and Oscar. Uh, Colin McPhillips comes down and hosts camps from time to time. It is a lot of fun. And with the video analysis and the way that we focus on progression, kind of our our guidelines for uh, progression You move up pretty quickly. You, you, everyone leaves the camp with a new skill set that they uh, they didn't have when they got here. So it's, it's a ton of fun. We actually have a cool week coming up this week where Fisher Grant and Kieran, his brother, uh, Fisher was on the show episode seven. Uh, they're going to be down here in Costa Rica surfing for the next week. We're not doing a camp. It's just for media. But we've got a big swell coming, the swell that just uh, ran through the Indian Ocean and now blasted Tahiti uh, and Fiji is going to light us up starting Thursday and Friday. And the boys, the Grant boys, are going to fly in here uh, Tuesday, and so we should be ready to get some incredible footage. So stay tuned to PaddleWoo.com for that footage. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. And also something of note that uh, if you guys didn't know it, the Padaboo podcast now, it has been featured on Stand Up Journal. And Stand Up Journal has been great. Adam and the guys over there, I love those guys. They've been huge in helping uh, publish, promote the the Padaboo podcast. But also now, the Padaboo podcast has been featured three times on the theinertia.com. And if you guys don't know what the Inertia is, it is a pretty much wholly focused surfing website and they started off, they ran the Eric Goodman podcast, which is about functional body movement and training and staying injury free. If you haven't listened to that, you should. It's uh, so far the most popular episode that we've done over 14,000 listens so far. The, The inertia picked up the Eric, the Dr. Eric Goodman podcast and liked it. They reached out and then they ran the Fisher Grant podcast because Fisher is a crossover athlete and he does sup surfing and surfing and longboarding and he's a phenom at all of those. And then they actually ran the Mo Freitas episode and that was some of the first focused sup uh, content that they've run and it seemed to play well and hopefully we will, we will be getting some more of that. So um, it's kind of baby steps there with stand-up paddle surfing kind of moving into the more established surf industry, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays plays out. You know, I expected there to be a little bit of negativity, and there really wasn't any. You know, it was a lot of positive comments, a lot of shares. Uh, on the Inertia page, over uh, 300 and some odd people shared, liked the Mo Freitas podcast, which was all high-performance stand-up paddle surfing. So uh, that was really cool. It was cool for the sport. It was good to see the, some love from the surf community because, uh, sometimes you don't always feel that. So very cool. All right. <clears throat> Let's dive in to our first topic of the day, which is the rules of surfing. And, uh, some of you guys are going to probably just run by this in the show notes. If you're, if you already know all this, just, you can feel free to jump ahead. I will have, um, our next topic, which will come up to some fan questions, which will be of interest. But if uh, you already know the rules of surfing, feel free to jump ahead. Or if you want my take on them, listen up. So number one, the surfer with the right away is the surfer closest to the peak, the breaking peak of the wave. So it means that you're dropping in. It is not your wave if someone is closer to the more critical section of the wave. Now, where it gets a little bit interesting on a stand-up is that a stand-up can actually catch a wave before, especially a larger stand-up, can actually catch a wave before a prone shortboarder can, even if the stand-up paddle surfer is out of position. So it's a stand-up paddle surfer can actually catch a wave ahead of a prone surfer who's closest to the peak who actually has the right away way while the, the stand-up surfer is dropping in, but dropping in on the surfer ahead of the surfer even catching the wave. And you need to be really careful about that. Uh, where it gets a little tricky is if you're taking off on the shoulder on a stand-up and then you're already turning back, kind of going off the lip and around the surfer. That's a little bit more of a gray area and probably shouldn't be trying that or or uh, it might be frowned upon a little bit, but um, the surfer who's closest to the peak has the right of way. Now, when you're paddling back out, uh, especially on a stand-up, because you cannot control your board in white water most of the time. If you've got a little bit bigger whitewater coming through, you're not going to be able to control your board, uh, especially if you're riding something over, you know, eight or nine feet. Um, you need to make sure that you're paddling into the white water away from where the wave is breaking. Uh, As a surfer, one of the most frustrating things is to catch that wave you've been waiting for for 20 minutes and to drop in and have someone on the inside who's paddling back out. Instead of paddling into the breaking wave, they paddle out onto the shoulder, and then you've got nowhere to go. It's also a very dangerous situation because uh, when you paddle in front of someone, you're in the line of, of, uh, of being hit by their surfboard, and that's not good. You never want to be hit by a surfboard. That's not fun. So, the surfer taking off at the peak of the wave has the right-of-way, and when you're paddling back out, make sure that you angle towards, paddle towards, where the wave has already broken so that you're not going to cut anyone off. I also think that it's a good idea, if you catch a wave and you ride it through, and there's a set coming... I think it's a better idea just to wait until the set is gone so you're not going to be paddling out and putting yourself in the middle of the area of where people are, are riding waves. I, I do that a lot. I'll, I'll stay on the inside. I learned that trick from Colin. Just wait it out. It's easier to get out after the fact. So those are the, those are the two big rules of surfing. All right, so now let's talk about snaking. What snaking is is someone's been waiting for a wave, or maybe you've been waiting for a wave for a long time, And then the wave's coming to you, and someone from 20, 30 meters away from the outside of the wave paddles over, paddles around you in front of you, and takes off on the inside. This is like a gentleman's rule. If someone's been waiting for a wave, you need to give them access to that wave. And where it gets a little sticky for stand-ups is that we can, A, see waves before everybody else, and B, we can cover ground faster. So this is where restraint really comes in when you're on a stand-up is you see the set coming ahead of these guys, and they're sitting on their short boards 30, 40 meters away, and you're like, well, I could get there. Well, it's bad form to do that. So what I like to do, my angle here is I will sit a little bit outside. I I actually – I'll give you kind of a window into the way that I approach – surfing on a stand-up in a crowded lineup. I either like to, and I usually have a cadence of two waves, one wave, where I will take one wave out the back where uh, a set is coming, and then on my way back out before I get back to where everybody's set up. Because basically in the lineup, everyone's pretty much in a 10-meter swatch uh, as far as distance from shore. Everyone's pretty closely packed together normally at a beach break lineup. And so what I'll try to do is I'll try to catch one wave outside of everybody, ride through the lineup, and then I try to catch one or two waves in front of everybody. So I'm trying to only pass through the lineup back out to the main peak every three waves that I catch. And that seems to to work fairly well. Um, It's more difficult to do that at a heavier beach break where you can't sit on the inside. But when you're sitting at a... uh, more mellow beach break, you can do that. And it's a great way to maximize your wave count without anyone getting upset in the lineup. I also really like to work a lineup to where I'll catch a wave, go right, paddle back out, still going the same direction. So for me, it would be south on the beach uh, and work my way down the beach and then try to work my way back up. So you're never taking waves off of the same surfer uh, too many times, because even if you 're following all the rules on a stand up, people are going to perceive that you 're doing something wrong at times because you 're more visible, and there are some advantages to being on a stand up so um, now when i 'm waiting out the back of a wave when i 'm waiting out the back for a wave. <clears throat> I like to spot sets and call them out, especially for my friends. So I'll usually surf near a couple buddies of mine who are surfing on shortboards, And if I see a set coming, I'll point out where the set's coming and give them first right on the first wave or two of the set. And this is a good tactic, especially if you're surfing in the same lineup all the time, to ingratiate yourself with the local surfers. And so they see you as a value add instead of a a negative in the lineup. They're actually catching more waves. And there's a couple guys here that uh, have told me they like surfing by me on the stand-up because they get better waves. So I think that's that's pretty cool. So by being conscientious and respectful of the surfers around you, you really minimize that level of uh, possible animosity that can be generated from riding a board with such an advantage in the lineup. Okay, now before you ever should surf in a crowded lineup on a stand-up, you should be able to be fairly competent in the water, paddling and catching waves by yourself before you surf around other people. You have to understand that surfboards can be weapons when they have the power of a wave behind them. I mean, if you take an average 15-pound, probably 16-pound, you know, 9-foot stand-up, there's a lot of inertia in that board when it is traveling at, you know, the average speed of a wave, you know, 15 miles an hour, whatever it is. Um, so you have a responsibility to the people around you to be in control of your board and your paddle for that matter. And having a paddle in your hand makes it more difficult to control your board because you don't have access to both your hands the way you do on a surfboard. Um, In 20 minutes, I could teach almost anyone to go out and turtle roll a surfboard. So that's when you're paddling out, a wave's coming, you roll over, you grab the board on both rails, you're underneath your board holding onto it from uh, from below, and you pull the nose down and the wave washes over and you can control your board in a decent-sized whitewater. Now, you add a paddle to that hand, and the board's bigger and heavier and has more pull, and it's going to be very difficult to do. So you have a responsibility before you enter a crowded lineup to have control of your board. And what I suggest is there are plenty of miles of beach. In our beach here, where our main peak is, it's pretty crowded on most days. But if you walk 10 to 15 minutes down the beach, you can surf by yourself. And most beaches are like that. I grew up in Florida and, you know, you've got spots, piers and jetties, whatever. Those are crowded waves. Those are where the best waves are. But as you're learning, you don't need the best wave. So find a spot where you can surf with minimal effect on people around you. And one of the benefits of this is that with less crowd, you're going to catch more waves and you're going to get better faster. So surfing with less people is better for learning, hands down. And this leads directly in to our first fan question on the Paddlewoo Podcast's history from Bill in Florida. <clears throat> and Bill writes in, what is the best type of wave to learn on? Well, so ideally, you would have a little point break, which means that the wave is breaking in one direction, starting at one spot and then breaking down the line. To where you can paddle out without having to go uh, in white water because you have a channel on the side of the wave and so you can paddle back out in the channel and you can catch waves and practice the same thing over and over and over again um, as far as size to learn to stand up probably between knee to rib high um, and preferably at a wave that is not breaking top to bottom. So a top to bottom wave is when the lip uh, the lip is thrown, um, the, the water is shallow enough where the wave is breaking that the wave slows down fast enough to where the top of the wave is thrown, creating the barrel. Um, top to bottom waves are much faster and much more technical to surf. So if you can find a wave that's a little bit crumblier, like um, uh, Waikiki in Hawaii is the epitome of that type of wave where it's just a long crumble, uh, that's going to be the easiest wave for you to catch um, and to learn to surf on. And then Bill's follow-up question to that is, how do you do a proper bottom turn? Well, so let's talk about frontside bottom turns because uh, that's, you're going to be, so frontside is when your toes are facing the wave, your back is to the beach, and you have much better visibility of the wave. And on a stand-up, you've probably heard it on the podcast, it's much easier to surf frontside than backside. That is a common, uh, common thought from the majority of the guests, myself included. Um, but I have been working on it a lot lately, and so have been putting a lot of thought into backside surfing on a stand-up. But for frontside-bottom turns, what you're going to do is you're going to paddle into the wave. So... Um, you know find the peak you're going to paddle in and you're going to want your weight starting to move towards your toes as you're dropping into the wave and i always i always say it's a good thing to give at least one or two more paddles after you think that you've definitely caught the wave because this just gives you a touch more velocity dropping into the wave and speed is always a good thing there are very few situations when speed is not a good thing in surfing and basically it's just getting barreled if the wave is running uh, slow, uh, to stay in the barrel longer, you need to slow down. But that's pretty much one of the only situations that you'll want to slow down in. Um, so you want your weight starting to, uh, to, to, to to move towards your toes as you're dropping into the wave. And then as you drop the wave, you're going to want to go out into the flats a little bit. So into the flat of the wave in front of the wave. And generally, I say that it should be about equal distance in front of the wave is the wave is tall. So if you're on a three foot wave, you want to be about three feet in front of it. If you're on a five foot wave, you want to be about five feet in front of it. And then you're going to engage that rail by leaning forward and at the same time, your hand, your, your top hand of your paddle, so the, the hand of your paddle would be your left hand if you're regular footed, is going to basically turn down knuckles to the water, which is going to give you a nice flat blade area to lean on to, to basically pivot on. And so what you're going to do on a bottom turn is the paddle is going to be out knuckles down, which gives you that big flat blade, a lot of, um, surface area then to, to push on the water. And so you're going to be able to put a lot more rail in the water than you otherwise would be, uh, because the turn would be unrecoverable, but the paddle is going to allow you to keep that weight up, not over the board, but, uh, on the paddle and on the board equally. And then the board is going to come around in the bottom turn. And so you'll weight the paddle at the very apex of your bottom turn. And then as the board starts to swing, it's going to swing back underneath your center of gravity mass. And the board will come back underneath you. The paddle will be unweighted and then you'll come up the lip and approach either just going down the line or uh, approach the lip to do a turn, which we can talk about later. But so to do a bottom turn, weight on your toes, knuckles down, paddle out. Um, And my front arm is pretty far, or or back arm, I should say, so my right hand going front side on a bottom turn, is very far extended as I'm pushing down on that paddle, trying to get uh, the longest fulcrum I can for the bottom turn. And if you watch guys like Mo uh, in particular, he comes way down. I mean, he is almost flat. And, uh, that's something we should do like a little video dissection on his bottom turns are pretty incredible. There's a lot of guys that are doing that too, but his just jumped out at me right now. Um, all right. Now, uh, from Cindy in California, we've got uh, a number of questions based on stance and paddling technique. And I might not be the best guy for answering paddle technique, but stance I can definitely talk about. So for surfing... Uh, She says she's getting some conflicting advice between should she have a wide or a narrow stance while paddling, not surfing. So while paddling, um, I have found that as boards become smaller and you become better at stand up paddle surfing, your stance becomes narrower and narrower. So starting out, you've kind of got your feet out near the rails, um, and then as you progress, they'll start moving. And there's a sweet spot in the smallest boards, and I find it to be very near a handle normally, very near where the balance point of uh, a board would be as far as holding it, um, that kind of middle balance point on the board. So, and I generally will put my front foot facing forward, maybe a little even canted towards the toe rail of the board, so maybe even a little bit cross past the midline on the board, and my back foot falls kind of behind it to where my heels are almost lined up, but if I'm looking at my feet, um, I'm regular footed, my my front foot would be off at about one o'clock on a clock, being 12, being the nose, so about one o'clock, and my back foot would be at about, I don't know, 2.30. Um, And it moves around a little bit. I I move on my board as I paddle a lot, but that seems to be the sweet spot. And uh, both of my feet would fit in a radius of about, I don't know, a foot. So they're not anywhere near the rails whatsoever. Um, And I find that to be the best uh, stance for paddling. Now, as it gets a little bit choppier, they'll move out a little bit. Then as I ride smaller boards, they need to move front to back a little bit because that front to back balance becomes a bigger part of balancing on the board so it moves around a little bit but as as you get better at it your feet are going to come towards a sweet spot in the middle of the board um, second question is where should you pull the paddle out of the water you should never and this is general uh just all over everyone's smart talking about you should not pull the paddle past your back foot Once you get past your back foot, you start to actually pull the nose of your board down because of the angle of the paddle, and so it actually works against you. Uh, I find that for balance, uh, short strokes uh, and pulling out between my front and my back foot work the best. And when I'm paddling into a wave, I find that you can build momentum faster by very small, uh, probably two to three foot of pull, uh, fast strokes, and actually, this is interesting, my hands on my paddle, uh, and I haven't looked to see if other people do this too, I assume that they do, but my hands, so my paddle, when I'm just paddling around, kind of flat water waiting for a wave, my grip is probably, I don't know, a little bit past shoulder width apart on the paddle, but as I'm approaching waves kind of over three strokes, over three paddle strokes, my hand will drop down closer to the blade um, and end up being a very wide grip, only probably about two feet away from the blade. And, and my stance comes down, I get lower on the board preparing to catch the wave too. So maybe play around with where your hands are at as as you paddle. And that's not something that I ever uh, realized I was doing or was told to do. I just... I just uh, just happened. So, um, arms straight versus bent that, I don't know. Um, I tend to keep just a slight bend in, in both of my arms. I never pull with my arms. I try to keep all of the pull in my paddle with hamstrings, glutes, um, a little bit of abs in there, but the, what Eric Goodman says in that episode of the podcast, I believe it's six, uh, is the way that I try to paddle, which is basically doing his exercise the founder hinging at the hips and pulling with your posterior chain and i found that at least for me um i stay injury free that way and i feel like it's a pretty strong paddle Um, oh okay so last question from cindy then is about what are the most common injuries that happen on a stand-up paddle board um For me, it has been board trauma. Um, I have hit my board now uh, three times pretty severely. The last one uh, was about two months ago. I hit the lip on a right and came kind of unstuck from my board. It was like, I don't know, about a four or five foot wave. And as I went over the falls, uh, the board landed right before my leg did and bounced off of the white water and came back and crushed me in the calf and um, had a huge hematoma, intermuscular bruise going on. actually had to go get a, a, an ultrasound to make sure there wasn't deep vein thrombosis. Um, I've hit my leg in other places. Um, no stitches yet, knock on wood, but I know that that happens a good bit. So watch out for your board, and, and I always try to especially take note of my board in windier conditions. So we get a lot of hard offshores, and what you don't realize is that a big stand-up paddleboard is like a sail if it gets caught in a 20-mile-an-hour wind. And so as you're getting worked on the inside, sometimes what will happen is you'll swim under a wave and come back up. And somehow as the board exits the white water, it leaves a little bit of the nose up, and then it'll fly back at you in an offshore wind. And that's, that could be a pretty serious injury right there. Um, so I would say that getting hit by your board or cut by your fins is the uh probably the number one injury that people f- suffer from stand up paddleboards and then the other one that i'm very careful about is and i actually had a good friend lose a finger this way uh a leash was wrapped around um his finger and then the wave caught the board and it, it basically just popped off a digit on his finger um he's fine uh, still surfs all the time but uh I'm very careful, especially with a heavier stand-up, that as I am uh, falling on a wave or as I'm getting worked uh, in the impact zone, that I always know where my leash is. And it's one of the reasons why I use the shorter comp leashes. So I always use the six-foot, I guess they're not comp leashes, but I always use the six-foot um, ocean and earth premium leashes, which I think are the strongest leashes in the world. If anyone could prove that wrong, let me know. Because uh, I'd like to, to choose the strongest, whatever it is. But I have a very hard time breaking those, and I've broken a lot of leashes. So, um, yeah, just make sure that your your leash isn't wrapped around anything as you're in the impact zone. All right, well, that's it for today's podcast. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. It's a departure from what we've been doing but uh, I didn't want to leave you hanging for a week, so I wanted to get up something, and I thought that this would be interesting. But give me feedback. Let me know. If it was terrible, let me know, please. Please be candid with feedback. Um, and if you liked it, please let me know because maybe we'll do a couple more of these. these um, uh, this, was, this, was not, this was pretty fun to do. So um, feel free to reach out, Eric, E-R-I-K, at paddowoo.com for questions, comments. Uh and uh thank you for tuning into the podcast. I am having fun doing these and I appreciate you guys tuning in. All right, take care. It's the Paddle Roo Podcast.